Hello and welcome to the next episode. So, uh, for those of you who just listened to the last one, again, I'm intent, you know, saying that there's more than one person ever listening to this. There may well be at some point. Who knows? You have to have lofty ideals. That was the last episode. And I literally, lit, quite literally finished that a few moments ago, uploaded it, and I was in the same passing place as I started recording on this episode. So I'm on the same drive back, but rather than talking about lofts, dens and garages, um, let's see if we can talk about lofty ideals instead. But this episode isn't going to be called that. I'm not going to call this lofty, lofty episodes, lofty ideals two. I have to call it something different. So, um, but when I do think of lofty, I think of EastEnders. Back in the day, remember lofty? Oh, 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 oh. Anyway, um, so this is this kind of very bumpy track. It's some nice, well, not saying nice. There's some biggish houses out here. Not big as in grand, but. They've obviously got a lot of space because it's it's not a great area. I mean, you're kind of in between. You're not too far from the M25, but that is, of course, in in rural area. There's some farm type space here, and some just hidden hidden large areas. And it's you know it's good. It's interesting. It's interesting in its own little uninteresting way. Um, lofty ideals to me makes me want to think about goals and wishes possibility it's always a quite nice time of year to talk and think about those things you know the end of one year reflects on the good and the bad and i would say as much possible the good the positives that have happened in a year maybe in despite the challenges that it's brought and of course 2020 brought plenty of those for many people um um, so, and with that in mind, I'm going to say a bit more about, um, well, the word in my head is strengths, because I'm going to be talking more about that, maybe a little bit on this podcast, but more so on another podcast. And whilst the plural of podcasts is not podkai, I like, I like the idea that maybe it could be. So we may talk about podkai in the same way the plural of Lexus, that, that, the, the Japanese Mercedes, could be Lexi, because it's Lexus. But anyway, we're not... We're, we're, anyway, I'm... Blah, 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 blah. So we're now coming into a bit of an odd space. It's kind of some new build houses. It is past the Harefield Care Home. We're going to end up going past then... Um, I think it's the Harefield and Bromley, or it's, we're not sure what the actual name of the, ho- the hotel, the name of the hospital is, but it's the Harefield Hospital. Um, I may find myself talking a bit about that because we, I have, I, I, we, I, we, we, I, have some indirect links to it. Um, so that's the Royal and um, Royal. We'll find out what trust it is in a second when we walk past it. So I have done some walks along here before. Possibly with Ziggy, possibly even prior to Ziggy, when we used to do some geocaching. But it's going to bring us up to Harefield. Um, I see I'm very easily swayed by what happens around me, and I think that's important to go with that. So that's a blocked off entrance to something. So it takes us up to, I'm just going to pass the entrance to the hospital. I'm just curious to know what it's called. 
So it is the Harefield Hospital, but it's part of the Royal Brompton and Harefield NHS Trust. Now, maybe that, yeah, the NHS looks okay. Maybe what I'm going to say a bit about what's the link between that particular hotel, <laughs> hospital, and um, I'm going to go this way up towards Harefield and we'll, we'll link it to strengths. So the first the first thought about that particular hospital is there's two people there that I know of that work there that happen to know each other. I don't know why I'm thanking that person. I'm just driving past him. Um, and it will link us to strengths in this episode. It will be in this episode, even if I don't do it all the next few minutes. That'll be the first part. So that hospital, the Harefield Hospital, includes... A, a particularly well-respected, well-regarded, for some might be famous, unit. But I don't know what the unit's called. I, maybe it's a cardiac unit. The Royal the Harefield, unit, Harefield Hospital has um, a cardiac unit. I don't know the precise name of it offhand. But there's two people that I would know of um, that... Are, that work there. Now, the first person that I would know that links are there in the professional capacity is somebody for whom I am on their PhD supervisory team. So I'm one of her supervisors. I'm going to call her Marina, for that's her name. So she is undertaking a PhD at Buckinghamshire New University. Um, and so I'm one of her supervisors. I'm one of three supervisors, and I'm not. And again, she's it's interesting. Her sort of PhD journey has been such that her supervisors now are completely different from the supervisors she started with. So I do feel for her. She's been on a journey where the two original supervisors have subsequently left the university. Um, and when the first one left, um, and, and I, I was brought in for whatever reason, um, and, and, and now she has two additional supervisors. Now, at least all the other supervisors that she now has and or has had are within the world of nursing. I'm not a nurse. Um, yeah, newsflash, spoiler alert, I am not a nurse. Never have been, never will be. However, it is, but it has brought some increasing links with the NHS, which I'm very happy to, to work with. So we're going to pick up on that in a second, in a few minutes, more like. Her PhD, this is where I should, have a, should roll off the tongue as one of her supervisors, um, but it is exploring people's experience, so patients' experience, when they come into the unit, the cardiac unit, which we'll call it that for now, um, they're typically people who, of course, have had a heart attack, or I believe it's called an, an infarction. Myocardial infarction, I think, is probably the, the term they would use, an MI. And often they are brought, so some people will be brought into this unit having had a heart attack, not necessarily knowing they've had a heart attack. They would have just collapsed, they would have... Yeah, just collapse basically. Maybe feeling perfectly okay prior to that. Maybe have had some symptoms ahead of that. 
but then something's happened where they've had a collapse, they've basically had a heart attack, and they were being brought in, typically by ambulance, ambulance to this hospital, uh, maybe referred from another hospital, whatever it may have been, and therefore they're treated by this world-leading team, um, which includes giving um, giving treatment, which is, and this is where I now need to kind of, I'm just doing the top of my head, not checking back on things. You'd have some kind of maybe bypass, maybe more likely, I think stents, a certain procedure they have perfected to the point where being brought in and to the, by the time you've actually had the operation, it could be as quickly as half an hour. So they, they perfect the procedure where it's very quick. And it may also mean now you, you're not coming in and staying any time in hospital. Maybe in some cases you may be in overnight. But increasingly, in terms of the pure procedure, you can be treated and dealt with within the day. And possibly then head back home, maybe overnight, one night in the hospital, not necessarily to recover, but just to kind of really get to grips with what's happened. Um, and then you're back home. Now, what Marina's PhD and her work as a nurse, I don't know, it's a practice nurse, a senior something nurse, but she works in this team of treating people and, and looking after them and so on as part of this process. And she is looking at people's experiences, uh, well, what she would call, well, what we would call the lived experience. What's it like to have had that experience, had the treatment, particularly, and then going beyond that. So she may do at least, you know, at least one interview with people who've been through this process. So a very special group of people that meet certain criteria um, and understanding what it is they, they're experiencing particularly with a view of how they see themselves before, during and after this experience. Because for some people, it's quite life-changing. They go, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my God, oh my goodness, I've had a heart attack. What do I do to, um, you know, should I, what do I need to do to change my way of living? Um, that's important. Maybe for the for the positive, they change their diet, they change their exercise, they start doing exercise that they may have not done before. Um, some people may not, you know, may not really engage with it and don't make massive changes. Some people maybe make changes, but they are overly cautious. They now realise, oh my God, I had a heart attack, I can't do anything, I can't do exercise. Well, that's not the case. Um, but also because people maybe don't realise what's happened, they've had a heart attack, they've gone in, had a procedure which now is relatively swift, but it may not feel that they go, wow, I've had a heart attack and had some basically something that could be equivalent of bypass surgery or something of that nature, and they carry on as they are, and therefore they're not really, you know, they're not, they're kind of in, in denial perhaps of what's happened. So Marina's looking at those experiences, and and the practical side of it will be in time. How will that impact how they treat people, how they will uh, make sure that people go away from having had that treatment in a way that they can be um, very positive about the changes it may bring. So that's one link to the person. I've only got a few minutes left from back home, so I'm going to pause at that point. But then I will, in the second part, talk more about strengths and strength scope in particular and how that might link to the NHS, so that'll be important. Um, the second person, just to make reference to it, I'm going to call her Debbie, for that's her name. 
She is a clinical psychologist linked to that same team at the Harefield Hospital. But interestingly, I know her as a parent of another child at Connie's school. That's how I actually know her. Um, and then she would know Marina. They work in the same team. And because Debbie's own PhD back in the day used the same methodology that Marina is using, which is called Interpretative Phenomenological Analysis, or IPA for short. Um, and I've also been connected with, now with Debbie on LinkedIn because we had actually about 40 or 50 shared connections. So that's the link with that hospital. And then the next part, I'll say more about linking in with strengths and the NHS and so on. But pausing for now. Catch you later. Bye. End of part one. Hello for part two. Later the same day, now walking round the houses, probably we'll call into the shop on the way back. Well, it's not really on the way back, it's kind of the, the pinnacle of the walk um, to get some vegetables for, um, for dinner tonight to go with food that's already been cooked by Rachel Sunday. I think it was on New Year's Eve we had it, actually. Um, yes, what I'm, for whatever reason, I'm calling elephant pie. I have no reason to call it that at all. It's an Egyptian Egyptian something or other. It's very nice. Filo pastry with some mince of some sort in it. I'm not sure it's pork or beef or something else, but it's very nice. Or indeed lamb. I don't know. Any of those things. Any of the above. Um... So I'm just going to return here to talk a bit more about, um, well, mainly now about strengths, and specifically strength scope. I don't remember if I've mentioned it before in these podcasts. I'm not going to go into too much detail right now, apart from to say it is a, well, it's a company which has developed a measurement and assessment of strengths, and in fact it's the only one currently that's accredited or approved, or whatever the right word would be, by the British Psychological Society, the BPS. So that has it, gives it some degree of credence, but over and above that, we've been working with them in different ways over the last few years, to the point where, um, so there is some wind going past, apologies if it does affect the quality of the audio, uh, it is what it is. And I'm going to still talk anyway, because talking about it helps organise in my head. Um, so we've been doing some work with them for a while. I became an accredited Strengthscope practitioner around about, I'm going to say August, September maybe, um, 2019. Um, and we have done... The kind of main bits, so basically with, with strength scope, is that you do, you're supposed to become an accredited practitioner, which means you can't just complete a strength scope profile online on your own. You would usually do it via a practitioner, an accredited one at that, such as my good self, and there are many others around, um, because the idea is that through that person you complete the profile and then you have effectively a strengths coaching session where they talk you through the profile, what it means, how you understand it, and importantly, um, how you then turn that hopeful understanding or awareness of your own strengths, so using this particular system, 
and turn it into action, how you work with your strengths to primarily it's focused on work, but it's applicable in all aspects of your life. So that's strength scope. Um, there are other similar things out there, um, similar and yet different. So two others which which I am familiar with, most familiar with. One is called the VIA strengths profile or strengths character strengths whatever it's called but it's via standing for values in action um you can probably search for i think it's via is it via character.org maybe is the website um or search for via character strengths or via strengths you'll find it now the great thing about that system that model that approach is you can complete an assessment free online so they have it so you can go online, complete it for free, get a certain basics or free profile, and if you want to, you can pay more for more detailed reports. But the basic one is absolutely fine, I think, you know, very helpful. Gives you an indication of what that system would indicate as your um, key strengths, or to use their terminology, your signature strengths, the ones that you are most drawn to. Um, and bearing in mind then that you know we have to be clear on what we mean by strengths in these systi <laughs> systems. I don't think plural of systems is systi uh, systems, um, and allows you to again reflect on and explore what your strengths might be. And they'll talk about character strengths. So they've based theirs on a whole load of research suggesting if you look a lot across literature from a whole range of approaches over the years. You can boil it down to, or they've argued, it, you know, it makes sense to bring down to 24 key character strengths that are independent of each other enough to count them as being different from each other um, that can be organised under six, I think six virtues. They would talk about six kind of core virtues. And if I was more organised, I would um, remember what they are. But I can't, so I won't even attempt to. But important is that they go down to 24 character strengths. So that would be, what, four, four, four character strengths to each of the six virtues. So in that system, they'll identify 24 strengths. And you'll sort of basically, by completing a questionnaire online, you can then find out what your core strengths would be, your, your signature strengths. They effectively rank order them. And you could argue, you know, the extent to which you prioritise them. Um, similarly with the strength scope system, again, I want to say coincidentally, they also have 24 strengths in their system, and it's not the same strengths, they use different language, there'll be overlap, but it's not the same strengths, it's a different way of they've identified them. Um, and again, you complete an online measurement, and on the basis of that you get an overall profile which will first of all tell you you're over, well, they'll again rank order them in, in many ways, but a bit more than that. They do something else. I'm not quite sure of the detailed stats of it, but what it comes down to, they'll identify what they call your significant seven, your significant seven strengths. Um, and interesting that that again corresponds a little bit to what's happening with the VIA approach, which they again have 24 strengths overall, and they'll talk about your rather your significant seven, they'll talk about your signature strengths. And they often talk about folks and they say the top five. So the idea being the ones that you score most highly in, 
in terms of these different approaches. They're meant to be the ones which are most indicative of you. In theory, you at your best. Um, because they will define strengths, I would say, broadly, in broadly similar ways. The one I'm most familiar with is the way in which Strengthscope defines strengths, which is those, again, aspects of yourself, those, you could use the word traits, but that, has, that comes with certain underlying ideas that traits are fixed within us. Um, but those part of you, those aspects of you, which are which will most feel you're kind of you at your most authentic. They'll talk about those things which you which energize you. So when you feel energized by doing these things, and you're either good at, or you have the potential to be good at. In fact, they use the word great at rather than good. Uh, so that's what they mean by strengths, and all these approaches really work on this idea that with, without taking this kind of approach, we're very poor, generally speaking, us humans, at develop, you know, be, being clear to be able to identify and talk about our own strengths. Particularly us Brits, I think, you know, this idea feels a bit arrogant to talk about what, what you know, not so much what we're good at, but what's, what are our strengths? Um, things that we enjoy doing, things that we're drawn to doing things that we almost can't help ourselves from doing. If we, if we had spare days to set aside, what kind of things would we do? You know, if it's something where you'd like to be creative and you enjoy being creative, uh, then that would be, you know, it'd be signalled by you drawing upon your, your strengths, whether it's a signature strength, a significant seven or something else. So that's those two systems. There's a third one, in fact there's several out there, but a third one we're most familiar with is now called Strengths Profile. Um, back in the day, it used to be called Realize 2, then it was called R2, then I think it came R2 Strengths Profile, and now they've just called it Strengths Profile, and that's developed by a company now called Capfinity. Uh, a key person behind it was a guy called Alex Lindley, who we have as a visiting professor at our university as part of what will become the centre, what the centre now is. He contributes to the master's programme. Um, and only just a couple of days ago did I finally get round to actually completing a strengths profile for myself, having done the VIA strength survey, well now a total of three times, having done that again on the same day, or maybe even the day before, um, but for the third time, because I've done that a good few years ago, and also having done strength scope, because part of getting a creative practitioner status, you do, of course, complete strength scope for yourself, and you receive coaching about it and you're, you're learning that whole process. Um, so these are three different systems that allow us to reflect on our strengths. So the question becomes why am I talking about all these? Well for this month, for from now until the end of January at the very least, going to be spending you know significantly more amount of time than usual on reflecting on one's strengths. Um, and that's in relation to a certain gentleman we'll call Dan. So I think I mentioned this already that you know Dan's Dan Collinson is is now now has set up a podcast himself. I'm not quite sure. It's called the Strengths Journey. It's he and I exploring our strengths using these three different systems because it's given us the opportunity to kind of critically explore them personally and reflect on how they might help us to achieve things we want to achieve, work together on different things, and so on and so forth. Um, it's been recorded on Anchor, the same as this one is, and I think it's available on Spotify as it stands. 
It's called The Strength's Journey by Dan Collinson. I don't know if it's a straightforward to simply type that in and search for it. If not, at some point I can share a link for that. Um, just checking on if and when I can get out of here. I've walked down a certain close that I don't normally walk down. I think I'm after what on this way and back up again. Um, there's a pathway through onto the main road. Um, yeah, so that's what we're focusing on over the coming few weeks, the rest of this month. So I may find myself talking a little bit about it on here. But I just wanted to mention all of that in the context of rounding off what I mentioned in the first part in relation to the NHS. So I'd happened to have driven past Harefield Hospital. And that's part of the, what was it, the Royal Bromfield? Is that right? No, Brom, Bromley and Harefield Trust. I've got to look up, is that a pathway down past those houses or is that into their house? That's just into their house, can't get down there. Don't think I can get out of this bit, I think I have to probably turn around again. Yeah, that's all the dead end down there. Um, so, 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 there's two elements of this now particularly. I'll start with Strength Scope. So, through the work with Strength Scope, when I was introduced to them a few years ago, then early 2019, I think it was, having done some work to help our students seek accreditation. In fact, it was part of my own accreditation. I, we arranged with Strengthscope. They offered the training, two-day training, effectively half price, I think it was, for the students. As part of that, I managed to get in it for free. So I became accredited with Strengthscope. We do, we've done that again since then, and we've put it again this, this year. So we've now built up a relationship with Strengthscope where we can, you know, a number of people are, are getting accredited. So we've kind of built up what's called a strategic partnership with Strengthscope. It helps them get the kind of their product in front of practitioners who are going to be wanting to work in this area helps us it's offer something for students that they wouldn't get anywhere else and it's helped me because then as a step beyond that as I left one of the sessions I had with the person who was then acting as my strengths coach when I started uh, just after having become accredited because part of the deal at the time was I don't know if they do it anymore but part of the deal at the time was they then had this follow-up um, sessions where you could keep referring back to how you were doing with it and using the ideas to develop um going about this way actually develop um yeah your own strengths and you know part of this is you know understand your strengths if you can use your strengths to help achieve what you want to achieve a you're probably a lot more productive and effective at it and really importantly you'd be more likely to enjoy it because you're doing things you are naturally drawn to doing things that you would normally enjoy doing rather than things you struggle with, uh, or, or to use their phrase, that, sh that drain you rather than energise you. Um, so I was energised after that particular strengths coaching session on the train back at the time out of London. I sent an email to two people, and these, email, these emails now have now set up a chain, chain reaction in different ways, and we'll focus on one for now. This one is our director of HR, at the university, or rather, erstwhile, she's just recently left. Although, interestingly, she's moved to an NHS trust. So there may be a chance there to kind of look at ways in which Strengthscope can be um, brought into their HR-type learning and development type thing. Um, 
But she, so she responded. And the reason why she does that because she's very much interested in uh, the strength scope stuff. So when I emailed her, she came back very quickly saying, "Absolutely, let's do some of this." I was I was sharing it with her, saying this is the kind of thing we could do with our own staff, our own you know, part of our own staff development. And to cut a long story short, that's happened. She, you know, put a lot of funding behind it. They have now adopted it in different ways. Um, more people become accredited as strengths. Strength scope practitioners, including Dan, as part of that process, I think. I think that's he managed to get into that um, that training. And HR people, we've done more with our MAP students. So we've got quite a lot of people now kind of, I'm using the phrase, it's been a bit of a strength scope revolution at the university. And to cut all that to the next stage, a lot more can said about it, but I won't. It was to say, the mo- just before Christmas then, I was involved in... Um, I think it was the second so far of two strength scope workshops where we can again people complete this the DS complete the um, assessment reflect on it get, talk through the profile share your strengths talk about them look at how that can help work better as a team team strengths and so on and uh, and that was the second one so I have two and it was the particular people it was done with was with the um, the nursing school at our university. In fact, I think it's the nursing and allied health profession, something like that. So it's uh, it's the school that um, we've been working with. So it's been challenging in lots of different ways, obviously particularly this year, but also a change of personnel and so on. Um, so, and what the person who is kind of behind that is herself a strength scope practitioner so one of the people who got the training as part of the university development of it and interestingly importantly also one of our former students so she did the course the master's course and she's now so at the time she's probably a lecturer she's now the associate head of school for that particular school and is very keen to do more of this across her school and here's the important part given that the nursing they work closely with a particular trust not the royal what i mentioned before royal bromley and harefield one um, and in fact, it's not even one that's the local one into High Wycombe, which is where the university is based. Um, so it's not Buckinghamshire Healthcare Trust. I believe it's a central northwest London trust. Uh, and she is very keen to get strength scope into the trust. So that's one way in which we're going to be looking at strengths professionally. And I'd like to work with Dan, with the centre, as part of the centre's kind of one of its things it does is to help that happen, be part of it, support it, um, because that's you know something one could do with that particular trust, and indeed other trusts. There are others that are around, obviously. In fact, I read somewhere how many there were, and I've forgotten now. I did read how many there were, two hundred and something maybe in England, but hundred and something anyway. Quite a few trusts one could work with, but we'll start with the local ones, the ones we have some links with. So that's one possibility there. And maybe where our director of HR has gone, it's a different trust. It's over in Essex, I think. So a possibility of exploring ways in which we might be able to do something with them. Um, so that's two NHS trusts, as well as Buckinghamshire one, which is our local one. I'm not, we, we will have some link with them already through the university. Um, so that's a possibility. And then the other thing I was going to mention, though, alongside that, is the university also, quite separately offers a course, a teaching programme, 
Um, well, it's actually called, well, we refer to it as the NHS Leadership Programme. I think it's got a more specific name. So already we're doing work with the NHS and there have been three trusts this has been working with and again, I think three different ones. Um, the one I believe it's working with most effectively is Milton Keynes. Uh, so there's that one happening. Um, they've attempted it, I think, with Hillingdon, which is our local one of the local ones here in Hillingdon. I think it's not worked particularly well, partly because of personnel. I think to do is if you're people who are involved with um, running the course and based at the trust, I think sometimes personnel changes quite um, quite dramatically. What's the word? Quite regularly. So uh, yeah, not always the same people who are very much behind it. Um, and then there will be Northwick, I think. And again, these ones have been very much hit quite dramatically over the last year. I believe Northwick Park, which again, not too far from where we are here, um, it, you know, had one of the main COVID wards or something, particularly early on maybe, and was very much overrun. Um, so it a great opportunity right now to kind of do something that supports the NHS Sports University and maybe an opportunity for the centre to do something very meaningful. So that's really what I mentioned that. So yeah, so possible links with trusts over the next few weeks and months in relation to both Strength Scope and this NHS leadership programme. So that's that's kind of what it all brought about. So that was really all all I was going to just say on this particular episode. All brought about by the fact when coming out of the tip earlier today, I was I used the word forced directed to turn left which I hadn't intended to do take a different route home past the Harefield Hospital and leads me into those things which is really important to um, yeah just remind myself of really that's something to focus on over these coming few weeks particularly in the context of the strength's journey with Dan which I'm about to pause now and end this episode with a possibility of speaking to Dan for an episode of his podcast <laughs> and this but I enjoy doing it you know, I think one of my strengths, it's strong within me, to use a phrase one of our former students used. A strength is something that's strong within you. I enjoy talking to the point now where I'm actually just coming out for the walk because I want an opportunity. I find it easier to walk and talk. No sense of anybody listening to me as I'm talking, just overhearing me, apart from people walk past me, um, and obviously getting exercise at the same time. So having just come back from a walk with... Rachel and, and Ziggy, I said, actually, I'm going to nip back out again to record what I want to say, and if it's helpful, I'll nip to get something from the shop, which I shall do shortly. So I'm getting up to that point now. Um, yeah. Whether it was interesting or not, I don't know. Um, do we talk about lofty ideals? Maybe not so lofty. This episode will not be called that. I don't know what it shall be called at this point. You already know. Um... Do I just talk about strengths? Strengths journey? Don't know. Who knows? You do. Bye for now. Until the next one.